0: If you're just going to speak to me in another language in bed, I'm done for. I am done for. Truly, it can be pig Latin. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Spice Rack Podcast. We are super excited to talk about King of Wrath. We left the small town in the small town. But before we get into that, Sav, how are you doing? I am good. I am. in. you know, when Southerners, when it starts to get cold and we go through this period of like refusing to turn the heat on, I am wearing three layers. I have on a short sleeve shirt, a long sleeve shirt and a hoodie because it's 45 degrees outside and I'm not turning that fucking heat on. So I am like, Frigid, layered, and bundled up. But other than that, I am fine. We have our heat on. David on already. You're yeah. farther north than I am, though. Yeah, David hates hates the cold. So it's as soon as it hits like fifty, he clicks that heater on. Because this is a safe space, I need to share that. Like my greatest fear of all time is the smoke alarm, like the fire alarm going off. Bella panics, I panic. It just like does not do good things for me. And so because I know that when I turn it on, the dust burns off and it makes the smell. and then I'm like, I need to be supervised. Seth <laughs> isn't here, and I can't do it home alone because I will have a panic attack. And so I'm just protecting my mental health. you know that does all, all that matters. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I see Sab guys this weekend. I am very, very excited. I know we're going to do our first ever like in-person together pod. I'm really excited. And it's going to be Tess Bailey, our first harem. I'm so fucking excited. I know I need to download it and get reading, but that's kind of it. It's the week before break. So it's kind of like, there's a lot going on, but you're kind of like mentally, like, I just don't want to do anything. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm pretty much checked out from here until I would say January 3rd. Like, that's that's pretty much what I'll check back in. But from now until then, don't ask me questions. Don't need me. I don't want to be needed. What have you been reading, Sav? Okay, I listened to my first audiobook. So that was an experience. Listening while working or like on my hot girl walk in the afternoon to people fucking was fascinating. I would highly recommend <laughs> I don't know if I hated the person's voice. Here's where I fucked up. It was not dual POV. It was just one POV. But when like the man would be talking, the woman doing the audio would just deepen her voice. And so I don't know if it was that experience that I hated or if the book was just like not good or the characters were that hateable that I hated it. But I am going to try for another one. I'm going to listen to Scarred by Emily McIntyre. So yes, I listened to my first audiobook, and then I read King of Wrath, which we'll talk about today. And then I'm still chugging along with From Blood and Ash. I'm on the third book, The Crown of Gilded Bones. I'm like halfway through. It's just like 700 pages. So I'm just like chipping away a little bit at a time. What about you? So first, how do you listen to it? Are you going to listen to Scarred? I like started it this morning while I was like checking my email and stuff, but I was not paying attention and that it was British. You know how I get when people have accents. So, I'm gonna have to like go back because I didn't absorb anything. I love her never, ever, like her never after series. So each book is like a different retelling. So I love that series. So I'm excited oh, for you to read. I didn't know that you'd read it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm very excited for her. She has one coming out. And then Sophia Lark posted her first blurb. So she is doing a fantasy Anastasia retelling. I will be reading even though it's fantasy, and I'm excited. I cannot wait. I'm thrilled. But I finished King of Wrath, and it was exactly what my heart needed, and I feel more grounded now to Earth. <laughs> I'm honestly sad that we aren't going to get angry Emily again. <laughs> like, maybe you can break her out every couple of episodes. Just let it out. But then, um, I'm a big Candy Snyder fan, so I finished Fair Catch by her, which is the first book in the Red Zone Rivals series. I read the second one, about like a month and a half ago, The Blind Side. You can read them standalone together, but Fair Catch was brother's best friend, but also roommates, also enemies to lovers. Very interesting. A lot of great tropes wrapped up one. A lot of great tropes. And it was like sports, football. It was just really good. And so now I'm reading her the latest one that came out by her called Quarterback Sneak. And so, yep, that's what I've been reading. I want to share this TikToker. Chai, CHI be reading posted bookish fandoms that give off the same energy. And it was basically like the Twilight Vampire Academy girls are now like fully into smut, like only reading things that have at least three peppers. Oh, the pretty little liars girls are oh. deep into a mafia situation that's where they live. That was my show. That was Mm -hmm. my show. Mm -hmm. And then the pipeline of dystopian romance. So like the Hunger Games and Divergent to high fantasy smut was like it was a line and I was like I have been attacked. (laughs) So I want to know are there things that you think that we read when we were younger and how do they equate today? I read the click books (laughs) and I think that the click books kind of go in hand with mafia Mm -hmm. dark romances and stuff and then um pretty little liars and then I think I get my rom-com part from Sarah Dessen's books I loved Sarah Dessen that's we're hopeless romantics because of Sarah Dessen yep so, I um, think that the rom-com Sarah doesn't pipeline is also significant. Yeah. I'm still on the Pretty Little Liars track. <laughs> Did you ever read The Uglies? Uh-uh. Oh my God. You never read The Ugly series by Scott? No. Okay. It's like popular again. I saw it at Barnes & Noble the other day and I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's too much. But for people that have read The Uglies, I think that to like a... Thriller, like a spice, like a Verity style Coho thriller, or like a Karen Slaughter. I think that that is also a direct line. So this is all making sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, scientifically proven. I wonder what like the Junie B. Jones, like the early Junie B. Jones girls. I mean, we've got to be sluts (laughs) if you (laughs) were Junie B. Jones. You've got to be. That's just like a throwback. That just really brought back from the memory bank. You're welcome. I'm here to provide nostalgia for you today. (laughs) I just want like another den of vipers. I know I continue to say this, but nothing has filled that spot. You know what I mean? I love that you haven't felt joy since you read Den of Vipers. (laughs) That was the last time you were truly happy. (laughs) Like I was just, because like Jasmine texted, she's like, I want a very spicy fantasy retelling of Cleopatra. Oh. And then I was like, I just, there's just this whole I just need this joy that I felt. I might reread the Ravenhood trilogy. I was gonna say the Ravenhood trilogy is like the only thing I can think of that's close. Yeah, I think I'm gonna reread the last book. I think you should read Akatar and Akamath, but <laughs> it's just my personal plea. Week forty-seven of me asking Emily to read these books. So if you guys are listening, have any recommendations that are on the level of Dead and Vipers, please let me know. I mean, happenstance is a reverse harem, but it's going to be like cutesy and fun. It's not going to be like Diesel, you know? Yeah, it has been. So I love that. If I try to get it on Prime, I won't get it until like the 26th of November. Like that, like people have wanted that book. Like so Someone's going to get the Kindle version. I love seeing my girl Tess out here being successful. That just brings me so much joy she indie published it like she doesn't have a publisher I'm like you go girl you go sister I know I'm just like proud of her I did all started with the TikTok like you go Tessa like she feels like my bestie she responded to my Instagram story last night and I was too busy fangirling to respond to her I noticed it this morning that like I never responded and I'm like fuck my opportunity to make friends with her ended it's too late now no I think you can still respond Okay, well, I'm going to have to think for at least 72 more hours on what I should say to my idol because I don't want to fuck this up. <laughs> Maybe we're doing your book next week. And we love you. Is- <laughs> <laughs> so getting into King of Wrath, we're going to tell you again about Anna Huang. So if you haven't listened to our Twisted Lies, Twis- Twis- yes. Twisted Lies episode, there's a whole series. They all start with Twisted, so don't come for me. Anna Huang is a USA Today Publishers Weekly, Globe and Mail, and number one Amazon best-selling author. She writes new adult and contemporary romance with deliciously alpha heroes, strong heroines, and plenty of steam, angst, and swoon sprinkled in. A self-professed travel enthusiast, she loves incorporating beautiful destinations into her stories and will never say no to a good chai latte. Books by Anna include the Twisted series and the In Love series. Today we will be discussing King of Wrath, which is the first book in her new Kings of Sen series. And I have to say, at the end, she says that the next book is about Kai and Isabella, and I am so stoked. I loved Kai. I cannot wait to hear more about him. Yeah, and I think she teed it up so well. Like, you kind of got hints that it was going to be their, the next one, but it yeah. was not. it wasn't just thrown in your face that they were the next characters. I also loved Sloan. I cannot wait for her book. Like a a bossy workaholic bad bitch. I cannot wait for her book. I'm trying to look up real quickly what the next book is called. I think it's Kings of Sin. No, I just said Kings of Sin because that's the name of the series. Never mind. We have to get one on Sloan. We have to. I will cry if we don't get one on Sloan. She was my favorite character in this book. King of Pride. that's gonna be interesting king of pride okay i'm excited okay so i really like the dedication for this week it is to fighting for who you love including yourself oh i love that just hits right in the heart okay getting into the plot review dante russo was raised to rule an empire which is exactly what he's doing until francis lau blackmails him into an arranged marriage with his daughter vivian the perfect new york socialite and event planner Vivian wears a polished and perfect mask around her family, but in reality, she is witty, confident, and strong. Vivian has no clue about the blackmail plan and enters into her relationship with Dante begrudgingly, but with acceptance, since she's prepared for an arranged marriage her whole life. She and Dante start off rocky, especially since he's planning to destroy the blackmail evidence and her father's business and has no intention of actually going through with the marriage. But unfor- eventually, these two recognize their love and overcome their beginnings and the family drama along the way. This love story has swoon-worthy dates, lots of sass, and true love. I absolutely love every minute of this book. I love that we got guest appearances from Christian. You guys know he is sitting high in that God to your house. And the connections to the Twisted series, like they were subtle. But I like how she's like interconnecting the series with each other. I love the discussion surrounding cultures and cultural differences because people are constantly telling Vivian, you're 28. Why are you still listening to your parents this way? Still acting this way. But like in her culture, that is how like, that's how you act regardless of your age. So I liked those conversations around culture. I eat up the marriage of convenience trope every time. And I like the aspect of revenge, like revenge being in this one. It's not just the simple, Oh, high society roles, arranged marriage. Dante is a no bullshit type. And I like that Vivian does not take his shit. Like there were times where I was laughing out loud because Vivian was like, like, I'm not taking your shit. I like the aspects of the cult, like the couture, the designer gowns, society balls and high class society. I like just liked how, you know, like they wore like artwork as dresses. I love that. My heart did break for Vivian multiple times especially because of her asshole father, but I did love the female friendships in this book and that her friends were always there for her. Like we're like, they'll give her the truth, but also be like, we're here for you. When Vivian was held by gunpoint and Dante snapped and flew home immediately, my heart swelled because you could tell that was the moment when he knew he was developing feelings. And like what we talked about in previous episodes, I love seeing that turning point. It was romantic, hints of dark, funny at times. And it was five stars for me. And I have three like main things that was just, I was obsessed with. He said the way I stayed in bed longer every morning, just to catch her first smile of the day, like a man saying that about you. I just, I just was just speechless. And then he said, um, they're having sex and he was like, her body fit mine, the way that the ocean hugs the shore naturally effortlessly and perfectly I also highlighted that I love that we are the same hopeless romantic bitches (laughs) like he just loved her so much and then she has always wanted to go stargazing can't really see the stars in New York he turned this massive space into the planetarium and he told her you can't see the stars in New York so I brought the stars to you she brought this man to his knees Mm. to his knees but for a man to say he waits longer in bed so he can see her first smile of the day. I, I would be done. I would be done for. So sweet. And Emily talked about this because he did. We do think that he groveled enough. But part of the groveling that was, I think, my favorite part of this whole book is early in the book, they're when they're like trying to get to know each other and not really wanting to reveal a lot about themselves. She mentions before her family was wealthy, like when they were just a normal. American family that she loved this dumpling place in Boston and they closed down and she's like never had dumplings that are as good as this specific place in Boston so when he's groveling he sets up a date night for her and it has all these takeout boxes and he says you said you haven't found a new favorite dumpling place after the shop in Boston closed so I figured I'd help you samples from 34 of the best dumpling places in the five boroughs as determined by Sebastian Laurent himself who's like a food blogger so he buys the top 34 dumplings in the whole fucking city of new york and sets them up for them to taste together and i was done for i thought it was so sweet done for i like the connections when they would because she would bring him like milkshakes and burger from his favorite diner when he was growing up so i kind of like how they both understand that they had trauma growing up but they wanted to remind each other of like the good parts in their childhood. So I really like that. Yeah. And Emily talked about like the difference in culture, but I really like, especially when you get representation from like Asian American authors, I love that they weave Asian culture into their books because I think it's something that is talked about a lot, but not really understood by a lot of people, right? This like high drive and need to be a certain way. And especially when you throw in the wealth into it, like her dad was really chasing to be respected because of how much money they had. And so like, they were told at what 12 and 14, that they would have arranged marriages to like measure up in society. And I don't think that like, this isn't like super realistic, right? Like our friends aren't having arranged marriages, but I do think in a lot of cases like this, like your marriage is a point to push you up the social ladder, especially in some families. And so I don't think it's like super off base and I'm glad that she included it. Yeah, I did too. The dates overall, I am obsessed. I feel like in books and in life, like we don't date enough anymore. Like you'll go out to meet somebody for drinks and like you go back home with them or like you have a one night stand or like maybe there's a meet cute, but then you're just like hanging out. Dante dated, like he dated Vivian and I loved that. He set up this like planetarium in this old bougie club that he belongs to because he knows that she loves the stars. He does a picnic in one of the like gardens in New York City. He just, he was really out here dating her. And I love that. So if you're listening to this, I hope you're being dated. If not, tell your man what you want. I also really enjoyed that he loved who she was when she wasn't wearing her like perfect polished mask so the first time that they meet she's wearing like this like tweed suit and he makes fun of her for the rest of the book of the tweed suit and like didn't have on a lot of makeup and what looked like what a perfect person should be according to her parents and he detests that person like does not want anything to do with that and so he really encouraged her to stick up for herself and like be who she really was and not the person that she faked for her parents and I really enjoyed that. And also towards the end, when she's trying to make a reconciliation with her family, Dante tags along and like, doesn't say shit. Like he gives her the room to stick up for herself. And I feel like in books so many times, these alpha men are like, no, like, fuck you family. (laughs) This is what she wants, which is great sometimes. But I loved that the woman was able to stick up for herself and he was there to support her. And then I also really enjoyed the like whole concept of the ball. What was the ball called? I can't remember. The legacy ball. The legacy ball and like the preparations and the event planning and her being consumed by her dress. And then also being the host, her job was just to mingle and like make sure that things went well. So I really enjoyed the like high society, page six event planning spin on this. I love when a book has phrases in another language and I have to hit that translate button on my kindle or if I'm reading it in a hardcover I gotta look that shit up those extra four steps make me incredibly giddy and happy and then at the end when she's like I actually speak six languages and I speak fluent Italian so I've known what you've said every time motherfucker I was obsessed that's the thing like Vivian was just full of surprises and I like that she was able to be herself a Dante and not have to be doled and going back to when Dante came with her to the family to talk, he waited until Vivian was in bed, went and talked to her dad and was like, if I even feel that you made her a millimeter sad, I will turn you into Ash. <laughs> and the power move, he gave the dad the empty drink and was like, deuces. Mm-hmm. I was like, he let her get all the anger out. And then he went and was like, letting you know, I let Vivian do her thing. But if I do like you're Ashley, done." And I was like, yes. And he never had to tell Vivian that he did that because he was like, no, you handled it. Like you got it. You don't need me. But at the same time, I'm here working behind the scenes to make sure that you're thriving. And like, that is a fucking power couple right there. Power couple. And he was like, I will help you get the club. Cause they had to do a new venue change. And he was like, I don't want to overstep. Cause he kept saying, he was like, how is your ball? Like, how is your planning? He didn't want to overstep but in the background. He was being the supportive boyfriend. It was like, Come on, we can make this trip to Paris work, and all this stuff. Like, we'll both work during the day, and I was like, "We love to see it." King, we love him. Chuck and Blair ran, <laughs> so Vivian and Dante could walk. No, and that's Chuck, Chuck no. and Blair walk. <laughs> oh yeah, Blair and Chuck walk, so Dante and Vivian could run. Yes, if this is the kind of ball that Serena Vanderwissen would be in. The whole Gossip Girl crew would be in. Hundred percent. And I ate that shit up, ate yep. it up for breakfast, loved it so much. Yep. It was just so, I think that Anna has a very good, like, she's very good with writing about people like Christian Harper being a billionaire, these and being a high society, but it's subtle. It's just not so mm-hmm. in your face, how rich I did love when they got into a fight, not even to fight he didn't really propose to her. He put his ring on the nightstand, her nightstand with the Amex card. So she went and blew a hundred thousand dollars on flowers. Like a dream, honestly. And then he throws it back in her face. Like, Oh, but you did just spend a hundred K and she was like, all right, motherfucker. And wrote him a check and left yep. it on his nightstand. And I'm like, that's a bad bitch right there. Yeah. Yep. Like I was just like, you go girl, you go girl, women supporting women. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I liked about her friends. Like Vivian has a trust fund, can buy a $130,000 dress. But I like that her and her friends still get together to watch shitty rom-com movies Mm -hmm. and talk. And that they never... They go to the shitty dive bars. So she's just allowed to be who she wants to be. Yeah, I really enjoyed all of the characters in the story. I even liked her family. Not, like, in a good way, right? Like, her dad still sucked and was absolutely the villain. But I feel like her mom had some some like comebacks and I liked the conversation with her sister so I'm just a huge fan all around yeah because her sister was also forced into an arranged marriage so one thing we do know is that we're gonna get spice (laughs) knew it from the start I gave it two peppers Sav how many peppers did you give it I gave it one and a half okay so we're no longer in sync on our pepper scale it would appear but we're not too far off yeah we're not crazy like we were before I think so. There are two main scenes that I need to talk about. The car sex scene is what mm-hmm. made it to Peppers for me. So they're mm-hmm. on their way to this very famous society club that Dante is a part of. And they start having car sex. And he like makes her come once before they like have like sex sex. And he is telling her, you don't want people to hear how much you love being fucked like this, do you? On all fours in the backseat of a car. Taking every inch of my cock like you're fucking you made for it. It's not very becoming of a society heiress. And then he goes, "Might want to fix your lipstick, Mikara. As beautiful as you look, freshly fucked, I would hate to ruin our evening by having to kill every man who sees you like this." Also, in this situation, he says, "In the back of the car, you're making a mess, sweetheart. Should I make you clean it up?" Hmm have you lick your own cum off the seat while I fuck you from behind and she did it (laughs) I was I'm red (laughs) I'm obsessed I have to say when I got to the car scene and then they had also had the mirror scene I was like Emily is unwell like Emily is having the best fucking day that they had a car back of the seat car limo scene and a mirror scene I have to talk about the mirror scene that is my second (laughs) So we have Christian Harper coming in. because I don't know if you guys remember in Twisted Lies. Christian and Dante are going into the elevator. Stella's in there. Dante takes Stella's hand and kisses her hand. Pisses Christian Harper off completely. So Christian does a little cyber stuff and texts Vivian as it was her ex-boyfriend who still has feelings for Vivian. Dante finds out. Christian's not. He's not apologetic. He was like, next time you touch Stella, you won't even have a fiancé. So Dante runs home. He finds that Heath is there saying, You don't really want to marry him. Da, da da. Dante like punches him. Dante and Vivian get into a huge fight, and she proposes that they have an open marriage. Dante loses his shit. Next day we know, he starts like devouring her, making he out with her. They start to have sex in front of a mirror, and he growls, Open your eyes and look in the mirror when I'm fucking you. I am the only one who gets to see you like this. His voice turned hard. He is like, you thrust our thrust, my thrust wife thrust. So in between thrust, he is reminding her that she is his wife, just for Vivian to turn around and be like, I'm not your wife yet. <laughs> I ate this scene up. <laughs> I, I was just like, I got my two favorite things, scenes, and I was, I was set and Dante was also a good girl king so i was yeah. living i was having a great time at one point vivian says dante's praise wash over me like a warm aphrodisiac before he gripped my hair and thrust into me again hey god it's me again <laughs> like are you kidding me this oh. is a man written by a woman down to a t i loved it i love and then at one point when they're like trying to reconcile because Dante is very much always in control. Kind of like last week, we have a scene where Vivian gets on top and is like the one calling the shots and he's loving it, but she's like, I could tell that he was physically having to restrain himself. And he basically says like, this was this is fine every once in a while and I like that you're riding my cock, but next time I'm back in charge. Once again, God, it's me. <laughs> like, I'm just like... <laughs> I just loved how controlling Dante was, but in a way that was, like, so hot and so sexy. It was Mm -hmm. never over the top. Like, she was allowed to go on her walks. She was having a girls' night. She, like, he didn't really intervene into her work. That's what we're saying, how we want to be treated like a queen outside of the bedroom, like this, in the bedroom. Like, he Mm -hmm. let her be her own person. But there were times where he was like, "You're you're getting too far. Getting too far. I want you to like cheer me on as I dominate the world outside the bedroom, but then in the bedroom, I want you to dominate me. That's the paradigm that I want to happen. That's exactly it. We do get like a mini one bed We do. We do. So there are, they're visiting his family first time, got the ambiance in the back with the thunderstorm. The tension is so thick between the two. They're both in this king size bed, super away from each other. And the thunder boomed and the tension snapped. And Dante goes, my mouth crashed down on hers and her arms wrapped around my neck, pulling me flush against her. A low moan vibrated against my mouth when I rolled on top of her and pinned her hips between my thighs. But they don't fuck. This is what- They don't. They don't fuck until I would say 50% of the book, but it's still spicy because at one point they're in this like old club on like what their second date. And he takes her into the library, fingers her in the library. She calls him an asshole. He says, I'm an asshole yet you're dripping all over my hand. What does that say about you? (laughs) (laughs) Done, done, done. Like, I love a foreplay moment so if you don't fuck until 50% of the way through that's fine because he fingered her in public like three times before that happened. Things were still steamy like things were still spicy. Yes it was a slow burn with some foreplay sprinkled in which I'm a huge fan of. And then when they do decide to have sex top tier. Fireworks. Like you don't fuck a guy like Dante and then move on. No you don't. (laughs) No. This is true. He is 36. I liked it. It was a very subtle age gap. He very was 36 subtle. and there could be a man out there for you. That's 36. And you're not. Okay. But she, the okay, she was 28. She's three years older than me. What is eight plus seven? 35. So he's outside of the age gap range for you. This is proving my point. <laughs> I like the subtle, like it was subtle and it was just. If you're just going to speak to me in another language in bed, I'm done for. I am done for. Truly, it can be pig Latin. (laughs) Sad, I have to learn Dutch. We can learn Dutch together. Oh my God, please, please. When you're here, will you teach Seth some Russian and Dutch sayings? I have to say, though, if if Seth broke out another language in bed, I mean, we've been together for like six years at this point, I would be like, I would be alarmed. Like, I would dry up. So I'd be like, what is going on? be like, he's telling you our secrets. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the men know too much. It's like the government got to the pigeons. I'd be like, they got to Seth. <laughs> you see like Rosetta Stone charge on Y'all's credit card. <laughs> he's been watching the Duolingo TikToks. That's what's going on. What does my Cara stand for? Is it my heart? I never looked it up. My dear. Done. 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 I mean, truly, though, for him to talk about her in Italian, the whole motherfucking book, and then to get, I don't know, 92, 93% of the way in. And she's like, I speak six languages and I speak fluent Italian. Like a power I mean, fucking move. So good. To just hold on to it. I would have blurred that shit out right in front. The first insult, he would have insulted me. I would have insulted him back in Italian. I almost love that she like held, she refrained for so long. I don't have that kind of restraint, but I admire people who do. Vivian was one of my, probably my all-time favorites. Like one of my all-time favorite female main characters. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed her. I love that she was a millennial who wasn't cringy. Yeah. Praise be. We are going to get into some very fun discussion questions. So our first one is... Obviously, this whole series is tied around the seven deadly sins, if you all don't know that. So, like, lust, pride. I only remember the fun ones. Gluttony, wrath. I don't remember all of them. But if you had to pick a sin to host a gala around, what would you pick? I think I would pick lust. That would I... just be a sex party. I'm not saying that you can't do it. <laughs> okay. Because okay. like I was thinking, like silk dresses like subtle hints maybe like Aphrodite kind of like Greek god kind like goddesses kind of mixed into it I was thinking that or I think you can do something interesting with envy Ooh, envy would be fun so I think maybe you could have like it be like a masquerade with envy I don't so I'm either picking lust or envy I am thinking gluttony would be fun because that Mm. is excessive drinking. That could be something to, like, play into. But the greed, maybe, just have, like, this, like, overly opulent, bougie-ass fucking party related to greed. I feel like with gluttony, you can almost make it, like, great Gatsby themed. Yeah, like, the point is to black out. (laughs) Somebody take us to a gala. That's all we're asking for. Guys, I literally looked up if where I live has like a club like this. We do, but it's not like this. So I have been mm-hmm. disappointed. You know what you could do? You could go to the Bridgerton experience. You could wear a ball there. A like ball gown. I don't want to go to a gala. I know. It's not quite as sexy and fun because it's like old timey, but But if you want any if you want and uh Wow, well, I just like have mini like, been <laughs> stroke. <laughs> Hire Sav and I if you want to plan a gala around the seven deadly sins. Um, I don't want to. You know? <laughs> don't hire me, but invite me, please. I could be. We're we could hosting. be the entertainment and the yeah. music. <laughs> has, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all the same. We could have a live show. <laughs> so, staying with the seven deadly sins theme, Sav, which of the seven deadly sins would you want to marry? I mean. Like, if I had to have a book and I was the main character in the book on a Seven Deadly Sins series, obviously it's lust. But I could also, I feel like that's the only one for me that would end well. But I i do like a man getting angry. <laughs> so maybe I could do wrath. We need fucking help. <laughs> I'm also between lust and wrath. <laughs> because I think that I'm leaning more towards. Lust than wrath. Yeah, I mean lust just feels a little more fun, you know? Yeah. Like to me, lust is more like forbidden romance. You have a chase. Mm. You still have the you still have the alpha. So I'm final final answer is lust. I'm really excited to see what she's gonna do with pride because pride to me is not sexy. I'm not like a super prideful person. I mean, I'm going to obviously read whatever it is, and I know that I'm going to love it and eat it up, but I'm really intrigued to see where she goes with it. I wonder if it has to do with, because Kai, we know, is rich, rich, rich. We know Isabel is like a bartender, and like, and she's also an author. So I wonder if she falls in, in, into some kind of financial trouble. Mm. Something That's what I'm wondering if that's how it's going to work. But do you think she is the prideful one or do you think that he will be? Maybe they make like a bet. And he has like, I know (laughs) my gears are turning, but I'm really excited for it. And I'm glad that it's the second one because it's kind of like you're just you're on your toes. I think it comes out in February. So I think. Oh, please. Yeah. She doesn't make you wait a ton. Next question, inspired by Dante and his Italian sweet nothings in bed. What language do you want to be whispered, caressed into your ear in the bedroom? You know, I've never spoken Russian in the bedroom. Oh, my God, you have to start. Yeah, I've never. I don't know if people on this podcast know that you speak Russian. I don't know. Sometimes we'll... Especially in college, we would be out and Emily would start speaking Russian and everyone would get really like intimidated. It was my favorite activity of that all that was that was the time for me to go home. <laughs> if I started speaking Russian just out in public, take me home. I'd be like, Oh, she's a Russian spy. <laughs> <laughs> you should start speaking more Russian in bed. Yeah. We'll see. Is that your answer? No, I I have to say, because Russian's kind of harsh. I think yeah. it has to be like Spanish or Italian. Something that just like rolls off the tongue is really smooth. I'm thinking French. French is a good one. French is good. Italian's also good. I just think like something just like smooth. It'd have to land well, you know? Yeah. If you're going to start trying this, you got to make sure you practice beforehand because this could either really work in your favor or it could go horribly. I will say I've been watching the crown. Are you a crown watcher? No, but somebody told me to watch it. I think I have it on my list for when I can completely like binge watch it. On the newest season, there is someone who speaks Arabic. And I was like, all right. Oh, now, yeah. That, that changes this. thing. That changes. I don't want like British. That's English. Like, I don't want to offend any British people, but that's like, not the same. No, fuck you. I love a British accent. (laughs) Or, like, Scottish. I wouldn't know a thing that they said. Not, I could not conceptualize a single syllable, but I would be into it. I think my thing with, like, Italian, I can't, I don't know why, I like, it just makes me envision. Ooh, Swedish. That is another one. (laughs) That's one that I find so unsexy. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, German? Yeah. German's aggression is harsh. Mm. anyway arabic i think you should give it a sh- i think we should give it a shot i can just be the like the the subject tester is that bella please emily <laughs> that's all we want that's all anyone is asking for i just am fly- get out there i'm flying on friday if i have a stopover experience i doubt it my flight's an hour but if you have a stopover experience from atlanta to charlotte I'm going out and buying every lottery <laughs> ticket on the fucking market. <laughs> if you're getting lucky, I would have to be getting lucky too. Okay. As you guys know, we have our scientifically proven boyfriend pyramid at the bottom. Fronts of benefits a night, a week. You don't really tell your friends. Second, meet the parents. Third, white picket fence. You're going to have the nice life forever and ever. And at the top of the top, we have God tier. So, Sav, where are you placing Dante? Well, I put Christian Harper at God tier, and they already have a friendship, so they could be roommates. <laughs> so, I am putting Dante in Christian Harper's shared bedroom in my God tier house. Yeah, Dante and Christian are roommates in my God tier house. Like, you can't put one at God tier, not the other. They're no. on the same level. And I would like to have a hidden camera because their banter would probably be so fucking funny. Like they act like they hate each other, but Christian's like his best man. Or like one of his like groomsmen. And I'm like, this is just so funny. They were besties. I love Christian Harper and his little friendships. So I hope he continues to make, I think Christian's my favorite twisted man. So I hope that he continues to make appearances throughout. That's tough because you know, I have a soft spot for Riz and Alex Volkov. Anna Wang doesn't write a bad man except no she doesn't exactly that was the that was it that was her one little blunder and I'm not even blaming her for it no I'm blaming Josh Chen okay well we hope that you enjoyed this episode on King of Wrath by Anna Wang and I hope that you enjoyed the start to the seven deadly sins series Emily and I are fucking stoked obviously and next week Drum roll, because it's time for us to shine. We're doing Happenstance by Tessa Bailey, which is a rom com reverse harem. Two of my favorite things in the world. I'm so excited, and we'll also be together in person. So let's find out if I feel like we're going to be more awkward next week. Because <laughs> now we're comfortable not doing this together. So stay tuned. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. We hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.